0: Welcome to Category 5 Technology TV. It's episode number 569, and it's great to have you back. I'm Robbie, and tonight we have got a great show planned for you. We've received so many of your questions, comments through YouTube, through our email inbox, through our website, all different means of getting a hold of us. Uh, But we are going to see if we can tackle both of these pages. Do you think we can do it?
1: I don't know. There's a lot.
0: There's a lot. We'll see if we can get a third of the way through all of your comments this week. And we've got—we're uh, going to be talking about Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're going to be talking about uh, the Some XU4,
1: our vacation time, yeah, retro and, pie, and stuff like that. Oh, we've Bombs. got so
0: much to cover tonight. Don't you go anywhere. Stick around. This is Category Five Technology TV.
1: Our live recordings are trusted only to solid state drives by Kingston Technology. Revive your computer with improved performance and reliability over traditional hard drives with Kingston SSDs.
0: Category 5 TV streams live with Telestream Wirecast and Nimble Streamer. Tune in every week on Roku, Kodi, Plex, and other HLS video players. For local showtimes, visit Category5.tv.
2: Category5.tv is a member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Cat5.tv slash TPN. And the International Association of Internet Broadcasters. Cat5.tv slash IAIB.
0: Welcome to the show. It's Category 5. I'm Robbie. And I'm Jeff. I'm Sasha. Welcome back. I know we were here last week, Becca and I, but we weren't actually physically here, so I actually had two weeks off. Yes, it was nice. You two had last week off, and we Mm -hmm. just kind of took it easy. You were on vacation. I was on vacation. Vacation update. I'm back. Welcome back, me. Thank you. <laughs> you were you mentioned a couple weeks back that you were camping. Yes. How yeah. How'd that go? It went really. It was a hot, muggy week.
1: It it was. So prior to going camping, the long range forecast had said thunderstorms from the day we got there till the day we leave. Oh. And then beautiful sun on either side. Yeah. So leading up to camping, we're something going. Oh, please, 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 please get improve. It rained for about an hour at check in. Yeah. Um. So we just check in for camping. Yeah, because you check in at 2 o'clock at the campsite. Yeah. And oh, them, yeah. okay. So it's yeah. like a campground. Yeah, yeah. It was a provincial okay. park. Oh, yeah. cool. All right. So, we, we, so check in's at 2, and it rained from uh, 2 till 3, so we just decided to check in a little bit later. Uh-huh. And then we didn't get any rain until Wednesday night when we were sleeping, and then an hour uh, at supper time on Thursday, so we just went out for dinner. Like oh, it was okay. perfect. The rest oh, of it right. was amazing. Nice. And consequently, uh, I am a blood donor. <laughs> yes.
2: Mosquitoes?
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. There are many happy mosquitoes up north right now. It was
0: just not a good time of year to be out.
2: Were you eating bananas? In the forest. That's a no, real thing. If you uh, it's because I'm you a ginger. Bitten. Oh.
1: Apparently, they like my blood. <laughs> Although I have a theory. It was just brutal, though.
0: I mean, I was at the well, cottage and... you can't. It
1: looks like I've got three oh, bites. Yeah. If you
0: guys could see this, it's like...
1: <laughs> it's, it's, it's insane.
0: It's some kind of disease.
1: <laughs> like, at, at one point, we were sitting there kind of going, and we're like almost like connect the dots but we're counting up everybody's uh, mosquito bites between yeah. the family i'm pretty sure we were over 100 at one point wow between wow. the five of us and that was halfway so through they
0: roughed trip. It.
2: so you had mosquitoes too
0: oh but i went inside and left them outside yeah you had you weren't really camping you're no. just no i wasn't camping i was on vacation <laughs> i was reading a book on a couch <laughs> right, yes with music
1: playing and listening yeah. to
0: the cicadas through the screen door
1: i listened to kids screaming
0: yeah yeah the campsite next to us Oh, yep. okay. Our yeah. cottage is kind of in the wilderness. Like it's, it's uh, Google Maps doesn't know where it is, but well, Google Maps knows where everything is. Not our cottage, and uh, so it, from Google Earth, it's just forest is all you see. But um, they've you know started over the past like five years or so building more cottages along the waterfront and everything. So right. we start to get a little bit more noise. Right. Okay. So it's not quite like it was ten years ago, but right. it's still a nice getaway. And we didn't have to deal with the mosquitoes. That is nice. And I was disconnected.
2: That was neat. When I was in Newfoundland, Mm -hmm. it was always windy because we were right by the ocean. But if we were ever anywhere where the wind wasn't, right, it's like the bugs just were waiting around the corner Uh, for you. Like you go and they just, they know you're there. They get you. Mm.
1: It it all has to do with the moisture. Yeah. It It was quite interesting because friends of ours went camping. Uh, at the same provincial park the week prior, mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, how was it? I'm, I'm like, oh, it was great, except for the mosquitoes. They're like, what mosquitoes? <laughs> Turns out the section of the park they were in is so dry, like there's no water around, mm. yeah. that there's no mosquitoes. There's no, there's oh, no wow. pools of water to lay the eggs and yep. breed in. So they're like, we came ready to like get all bugged and deeded up and nothing. Mm. So I think I'm going to sleep nice. it there. That's side that's of for the campsite next time, yeah, yeah. It was Good a beautiful time, camp. Everybody oh, had great fun. time. Yeah, yeah. I you did d- miss the show though, and you were disconnected,
0: yeah. fairly disconnected <laughs> for like the most part. Yeah, to be out in w- now, this is like there was this like a wilderness park. No, it's just a provincial park. It's next to uh, oh, when you one? say provincial which park. One? So when you say Arrowhead. provincial park, okay. Algonquin. See, I think like Algonquin or something. Like well, I'm thinking like beside Algonquin. you have to yeah. like walk through the forest for 10 miles in order to get to your campsite kind of thing. No, So you this, this is like a drive this drive is
1: like up. Up. a swimming pool and No, no, no. This no? A, it's a lake. Okay. Yeah. No, it's but the, the dirt There's roads like they cleared out trees and you and then you get right. to the clearing and you just you, you camp there. That's
2: cool. Yeah. Did you have like a serviced washrooms or
1: yeah, we had to walk a bit.
2: Yeah, okay. Oh, they
1: had to walk to the washrooms? Yeah. Nice.
2: That's as yeah. so you had washrooms right in your cottage? Yeah, you know, I had yeah. to
0: walk up the flight of stairs to rough. get into it. Yeah, That's rough. Of, yeah, it was tough. Yeah. yeah, running water and everything else. We don't have drinking water, so we had to go to a spring to get our water.
1: We didn't have drinking water either. So where do you get water? We have a From, big, like... He's tw- like, I just drank beer. No, we have, a, like, a big 25-liter <laughs> camping jug that we filled up at yeah, home. Yeah, right. And then we brought that water. That lasted us. you for a week? Uh, pretty close. We had to go get some water on Thursday. Okay.
0: Yeah, because we had to hit the spring a few times. So. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, but it was good. Nope. But y- you asked about being disconnected. Yeah. For the most part, I was. there w- At certain pockets of the camp, there was cell signal, um, which okay. is important, I guess, in today's day and it's age to be able world, to get eh? access yeah. to emergency services if something mm-hmm. happens. Uh, but no, for the most part, the phones were off, and mm-hmm. uh, the closest thing I had to technology was uh, an e-book.
0: Cool. So... And so you didn't get to play on your RetroPie XU4?
1: I did not get to play plug- on my RetroPie. This was retro not that kind no. of a camp trip? No, Have it you was had not. had a
0: chance to plug it in and see if things are working now that you've gotten it's updated? And plugged
1: in, and yeah. that's as far as that's I've it? gotten. That's yeah. as far as you got. Yeah, you. so you handed it back to me yeah. uh, after the show, and then... I just haven't, like, it was it. that week that I was, was crazy it. busy for work, yeah, then yeah. we're on vacation. No excuses. Back to being busy with work. And retro
0: gaming, there's no excuses, Jeff. Prioritize. There
1: is when you need a paycheck. No,
0: prioritize. <laughs> Come on. You
2: know, I'll tell you, because it's the summer, right? Mm-hmm. We have the Retro Pie, we have also the VR. Right. We also have a Nintendo Switch.
1: Okay, and so what you're saying PlayStation. is you haven't seen the sun yet. She I have has, has, but it's not played
2: virtual. any. I have not played anything. <laughs> really? <laughs> really? Are you serious? It's so nice. You've out. got the
0: Starship Enterprise. To I cure? know. Uh,
2: we haven't turned as we promised. Dave and I promised that we would not turn it on until you were there. We were waiting for you. This is why I was like, "Robbie, really? you have to come Aww. over." We have. We That's so sweet. We have it waiting for you. Yeah. Um,
0: well, let's do this. Uh, So we need to find a way for me to be able to record the experience of virtual reality at your place. Yes. Because the setup is like, what, you've got sensors mounted Mm. on the walls Mm -hmm. and things like that. So it's not something that we can pack up and bring to the studio. No. It's not like that. Mm. But similarly, we can't pack up our broadcast rig, take it to your place, right. plug in the VR to that, and record it.
2: So we need to find the balance. We'll find the happy is, medium. Which is a recorder, right?
0: Which is, yeah, like a portable um, Atomos recorder or something like that. But they cost anywhere from about 1100 to $1,500 plus Wow. Times. Yeah. So it's pretty expensive. But because our broadcast server is like EOL, Seriously, like we had our main recording drive crash in it. Uh, one of the um, one of the PCIe bridges oh is my burnt out. Like it, we're completely end of life on this server. Is, is the sense that I'm getting from it. So, um, so we do really need to step up our patronage. Get you know, if you want to buy some shirts, if you want to shop through our site, it's a way for you to be able to help us out. Uh, mm-hmm. But that's a really big expense. So mm-hmm. I started thinking, and the reason that I got kind of off in the, on this thought. Um, the need for something like a portable recorder that we could take to record a VR segment, which would be, so which would be cool. like an episode yeah. recorded at your place, um, that device is very portable. But I could use that, plug it into our broadcast rig, which we would have to replace as well. Mm-hmm. And instead of instead of putting a thousand dollar hard drive into the broadcast rig, which we would need, right. We would just have an external recorder, which is similarly priced, but then it would be portable. It's portable, right. We'd take it elsewhere. That makes sense. Yeah, so. You know, there's all these kinds of thoughts going through my head, and I'm looking at the price tags and thinking, "Oh, it's so brutal." And you know, we here we cover the bills. Thank you, everybody, for your support. Um, you two should know, and everybody who supports Category Five TV, the rent is paid this month. Yes. Good the job. The internet installation fee, which I mentioned, was fairly high. It was like upwards of almost $500. <laughs> so, our new internet connectivity that's paid. Um, plus, I paid August internet bill in advance. I asked. Wow. I said, to them that hey we're, we're going away for vacation and I really want to cover this before I go away otherwise it's going to be three weeks into the month before you get your payment. So right. I asked them to invoice me early and took care of that as well. That so is cool. I'm trying to be a really good steward with the finances that we do have mm-hmm. but it is limited and at the same time I'm also being very um, frugal with mm-hmm. that. Like I'm not spending money and I'm sitting on I showed you my cart on Amazon. There are three different recorders in my cart. Not because I'm buying three different recorders, but because I'm sitting on them thinking figuring out what's going to work best, figuring out what is going to be the best price for us, how and we can finance
1: it. because they're sitting in your cart, if the price ever drops, you get an alert. To I'll get you a know. notification.
0: That's true. Probably not going to happen with high-end stuff. Likely <laughs> but not. But if it does, I want to be ready for it. So head on over to our Patreon page. If you go to patreon.com slash category5, um, that is a fantastic way to support Category 5 TV. And you get some perks. Um, you get access to behind-the-scenes footage. You get uh, access to our Exclusive Patreon only vlog, which is all behind the scenes. Find out, you know, what's going on in our lives day to day, and uh, it's uh, it's got you know a lot of people are really enjoying that on our Patreon page as well. So at least go check it out. It's a dollar a month, and uh, and you'll be able to support Category Five nice TV. Coffee. It's so uh, like anyone can do a buck, but. When you think about the power in numbers thing
2: it's true there's
0: so many folks that watch our show, and if just everyone <laughs> if everybody, including you so it starts with you if you would support us in that way, just head on over to patreon.com slash category five great way to support us mm-hmm. last week, Becca was here with me um, in you know in a prerecorded way, but we were on the air um, talking about nems linux one point yes. four point one and so even though a week has gone by since that aired 3 weeks has gone by since we recorded it. Right. right. So think so about been updates. Think about progress in that time. So you look at the change logs from last Wednesday and you think, "Whoa, you know, how did so much happen in just one week?" Well, really we pre-recorded that episode 3 weeks ago. Right. So get just a busy so you're aware, vacation. We mentioned yeah. No, I didn't <laughs> touch it. I didn't have internet so I couldn't do git updates right. and stuff. So You have your XU4. Yes, I have a successful compile of Nems Linux one point four point one on my XU4. It's running. It's been running twenty four seven for the past couple of days, and it is unbelievable. Like we're talking a load average of zero point zero three.
1: Really? The best
0: performance that we have on any Nem server at this point. This is an XU4 microcomputer. It's about <sighs> the size of a Raspberry Pi, and it will
1: run NEMS Linux 1.4.1. 1. So when I saw you put that post up, mm. it was today, right? Yesterday. We, yesterday, okay. I saw it, and I, I had that moment going, do I really need RetroPie?
0: Yeah. No, you just need another...
1: Uh- XU4. I just need another XU4. I know, but th- that was my first thought because yeah. I was so excited about it. I almost gave up RetroPie for <laughs> NEMs. Do it. I, you'll love it. I might. You'll you'll love it. And Sasha's going. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Watch back to last week's <laughs> episode. If you're not familiar with NEMs Linux, it's a really exciting project that I've developed and it's really been growing. Uh, so XU4 support is. Coming, So I learned the hard way when I released the uh, Pine64's first build Mm -hmm. that I need to give it more time of beta testing and everything before I release publicly. Okay. Not because I do a lousy job or anything like that, but when I'm testing the distro... I have a very limited use case. I've got six computers that I'm pinging, and I'm testing this and that, and I've got a Gmail address that I send notifications through, and and so on and so forth. So, my tests are very limited. Then, all of a sudden, I release it, and I've got 100 people trying it, and somebody's got a different setup, or someone's using SNMP in a a different way than I am, and all of a sudden, I'm getting all these bug reports, and it's overwhelming and unbelievable. So, I'm trying to work really diligently to make sure that The release when it comes out on on in the public um that it's very stable and has all the features working so yeah i think so and bill uh, bill marshall has been a big part of that process and i apologize bill i sent you like 12 different versions of the (laughs) image and the image is like six gigs right so he's having to download it he's driving home from work all excited to download it and it doesn't boot Oh, well, I've got another one for you, so I'll send you that.
1: It it works!
0: Yes! But it crashes after 12 hours. (laughs) You know, some some crazy thing. So the XU4 build is scheduled for release tentatively in about two to three weeks. As I say, it's running 24-7 here. Um, So I'm really, really excited about that. The Pine A64... Plus, is already supported and mm-hmm. available for download on our website, nemslinux.com. Nice. The A64 LTS is the next one coming, plus the Rock 64 And I was just talking with Pine64 today. Our rep there is also working on putting together a, a Rock Pro 64 for us. Cool. To port to that one as well, which I think is going to blast even further than the XU4. Yeah. It's some exciting stuff. Um, Also, there is an OVA virtual appliance. I don't know if you all caught that, uh, but you can actually run NEMS Linux as a virtual appliance so that it fits in with your existing virtual infrastructure. Yes. So that is complete. It's operational, and it is 100% operational, tested, stable, ready to deploy. However, it is awaiting funding in order to release. Um, Uh. It is is more expensive as a, a virtual appliance to for me to distribute and so it's uh it's awaiting that funding which can be done through the NEMS website nemslinux.com if you want to get involved in that. Excellent. We do have to take a really quick commercial break. When we come back we've got viewer questions, comments. Um, mm-hmm. Sasha's getting excited because she loves the viewer question extravaganzas. And we've got them here for you. Stick around <laughs> For a limited time, get your hands on limited edition shirts from the Category 5 TV network. These high-quality shirts are manufactured by Teespring, a fundraising website, and your purchase will help support the shows we produce. Get yours today and send us your pictures to be featured on the corresponding show. Visit cat5.tv shirts to support us and get your official network shirt today. cat5.tv shirts.
1: welcome back to category five technology tv so glad you're here hey and glad you're here well thanks man and glad you're here thanks jeff all right so (laughs) it is viewer questions lots and lots like look at this that many viewer questions so many Save the trees. <laughs> Speaking uh, of saving we really trees, really need more e-paper. I know. Oh, boy. We do have a question from No One. Oh yeah, quotations. Oh, that's their name. No One. <laughs> their name this is, is No One. This is actually from someone. That's right. Name No One. That's I right. I like this person. Hi. <laughs> so No One.
2: I like No One. Wants
1: to know, and this is about the boogie board sink that we covered a month ago ish. So, yeah. Oh, I love
0: that thing. That's the thing that you're using. A yeah, 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 yeah. It's like an e-paper, speaking of e-paper, e-paper tablet that saves via Bluetooth or USB connectivity yes. to an app.
1: Yes. I want, that's love I love it. it. Yeah. yeah. So the question is, does the Boogie Board Sync app work on Raspberry Pi? So first off, if you want to know what we're talking about, go to cat5.tv slash e-paper. Mm. So we covered this device uh, about a month ago. and. It, it came as a result of you guys looking at some e-paper a couple weeks prior. Yeah, and Which that's I, what I, I use. I, I use you
2: it, use? too, and I love it. Love oh, it. Yes.
1: Right, but my question was, does it save, can I sync it up? No. And you guys are like, oh, no, it's just you hit the button, it's gone. They don't
0: make such a thing, Jeff, and the next week he's like, I bought this. Yeah. <laughs>
2: now I, need, I want to buy it because I'm oh, going yes. to school, and I need it, I think, it,
1: It's amazing. So I've been using this. Yeah consistently at work. I use it for when I'm doing negotiations. I'm using it for meetings. Like, all the time I'm using it.
0: I would love it. Just, you know, not to digress or anything or or sidestep, but for the kids to draw on and do sure. you know, and stuff like that because they can save it, wipe it, save yes. it, wipe it. Yep. There's no paper. There's, you get stacks of paper. Mom and dad, you know what I'm talking about. And then you've got to go through and recycle it and it's heartbreaking to do so, but you've got to yes. do it. you got to do it without the kids knowing. So it's like 11 o'clock at night. And Yes. Sorry, kids.
1: So... The reason I wanted was to be able to like to save my notes and sync them up and Mm -hmm. you know compile them. So I'll use um, like PDF and I'll uh, because they're all saved as PDF pages. I'll put them all into one one file. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's wonderful that way. Mm -hmm. So this question relates to how it syncs up and how you get those files. And so the question does it work with Raspberry Pi? The short answer is yes. What? It does. No. So I have no. I personally have not synced it up to the Raspberry Pi, but on the website myboogieboard.com. For the SYNC 9.7, it says which computer operating systems are compatible with the Boogie Board SYNC? The Boogie Board SYNC is compatible with any operating system that recognizes a USB storage device. The VDC software is compatible with Mac OS X uh, 10.8 and above. OS The the X stands for 10. Yeah, but it's OS X 10. 8. I'm, just, oh, okay. I'm reading it over. OS 10.8. Yeah. Yes. Windows Vista 7 and 8. Uh, and then they're saying, if you're using Windows 10, please contact support. Now, it doesn't mention Linux there, but it, but does.
0: it does. So it shows up as a mass storage device when you plug it in. Yes. You have file system access to the PDF yes, files and things like correct. that? Yes,
1: that's correct. Brilliant. Yeah. Now, the one feature that will not work with the Raspberry Pi. Do tell. Is, uh, remember how I showed you there's a button on the little pen? Yeah. So with that button, you can use your boogie board sync to do like live, live on, um, ah, yes. on like yeah. a PowerPoint yeah, projector up that. on a screen. Mm-hmm. So it, that will not work with the Raspberry Pi. But okay. as far as being able to sync it and transfer your files, absolutely it will work. Um, so you can Bluetooth it to your devi- device, you can email them then to yourself, Love it. Uh, or you could just use the cable connected via USB. Yep. So there you go, no one, who's actually someone. It does work on the Raspberry Pi.
0: Okay, and to take that one step further, there are actual projects in development, third party projects that allow the Boogie Board Sync to communicate with Linux. Because remember, the Raspberry Pi is Linux at its heart, right? Right. So the Raspberry Pi 3, for example, has built in Bluetooth mm-hmm. and it has four USB 2 ports. Right. So you can connect it by USB or you can connect it by Bluetooth. But because the app is not natively supported, what can you possibly do other than, as you say, accessing it as an external hard drive kind of setup? Correct. But check this out. So if you do a quick search on Google for Boogie Board Sync Linux, because remember, Raspberry Pi is powered by Linux. You're going to install, like, Raspbian. First one that comes up is called Boogie Sync Tablet. Introduction. This is an implementation of the user space driver for using the Boogie Board Sync as a tablet under Linux. Blows away your That's- theory that some of the features do not work. Carrying on, it says there are two apps. One is for USB input and one for Bluetooth. That's awesome. It uses Pi USB, Pi Blues to interface with the device and the U input system via the EU dev for Python. Okay. Love it. So it generates input signals directly over that connection and it warns that it is still in the early days. However, right. it is operational and it's available. That's the first Google result. For, what was my search? What was your search? Boogie Board Sync Linux. Excellent. So we know that, you know, these are, it's on GitHub. It's an open source project. There are other projects as well. There's one called Mobile Read uh, for Boogie Board. There's Sync for Boogie Board. I'm just looking through the the results here on Google, whatever search engine you're using. So that's one for you Mm anyway. So good to know that that's the nature of open source and how things work. So there you there. go, there you go, and it's pretty cheap on Amazon right. too. It's, it's going
2: to end up something I own. Like I, I can't. Oh. Like I, I
0: think we all need one of these. I can't
2: stop thinking about it. So Bill
0: you- said, "Well, the, you're not really replacing the paper." Yes, we are. Mm-hmm. Legit, you are. Think about it. If we, if all three of us had this boogie board sink, hundreds of dollars cheaper than a tablet. Yes. Like a, a say an iPad or uh, like a Samsung Galaxy Tab or something like that and do away with this every week
1: yeah well see here's what i love about it so when i'm doing negotiations for contracts (laughs) um a a lot of our proposals are back and forth digitally so that you know when you've got an entire page of language instead of having to like retype it somebody can you know you take the digital file you make your edits and you send it back yes so i can bargain digitally that way even though we're in the room so with my notes actually don't have to have a binder or any paper with me anymore. It's amazing. and So much so that I've been at the table and I've been stopped in the middle of a presentation and somebody's going, what is that? Yeah. And I explain it to them, I show Let them me show you. and I go here. And I draw a smiley face, I sync it, I email it to them, and they pull up their phone, there's a PDF of the smiley face and they're like, I need that. And I go, let me get you the link. (laughs) So, cat5.tv slash e paper, right? That's right. Yes. So, people have been buying it just simply by seeing me use it. It's the best thing I've ever seen. It's really cool. Well, it's not the best thing I've ever seen, but I do like it. I do like it a lot.
0: That's the boogie board sync. Yep. Coming soon to Linux. (laughs) Very cool. Awesome. Another question. This one comes from uh, Adam C. He was viewing uh, last week's episode, actually, NEMS Linux. Want to take that
2: one? Yes. Okay. So Adam Um, C says... Yeah,
0: on the episode, Becca, it's just a little bit of a recap because not everybody had a chance to watch episode number five. um, Five... 568. S- sixty eight. Yes. 568. I've lost all track of That's all There's just a few time. of them. Not everybody has had a chance to watch episode 568 just yet. So just recapping a little bit, Becca and I got talking about compatibility between Linux, alternative software, and Microsoft Windows, mm-hmm. particularly LibreOffice as a Microsoft Word and Excel replacement yes. for Word and Excel and compatibility between offices where you've got to send it to somebody who is limited to Windows.
2: Right, and this is interesting because this is a question that's been just like burning inside of me mm. that I've been really wanting to ask. So I'm happy that you covered it. I haven't mm. watched it yet. Okay, well you got to do but that. I need to it's only a week because old. I'm hoping that it. Yeah, it only
0: it only happened a week ago.
2: <laughs> I'm just I I really have this issue day to day because some of our office mm. is.
0: That's the other thing. I think in terms of Linux versus Windows. Right. Right. That's the term I think of. Right? Right. Becca's on Linux. Computers uh, at the school are on Windows. So she's taking college. Right. She's got to send files in Windows doc format. So those are the terms I think of. There are mixed environments where you have all Windows... But s- half of the computers are using LibreOffice because Microsoft Office costs a couple, hundred dollar- a couple hundred dollars per computer.
2: There's only one computer in my whole office that can print the handouts I need, and it's mm. not my computer.
0: Right, and it's so, running Office, and you're right. on LibreOffice exactly. to, to save, to Be- reduce costs. Because yeah. of
2: this exact issue that okay. I'm sure you guys were talking about, yes. reading the comments from the yeah. actual... I haven't watched the show, but... All right, so what does IMC talk about? I found that Libre and... OpenOffice to be more compatible with Microsoft Office than the iWork suite from Apple. I only encountered a few issues with Word and Excel when the document contained heavy formatting or calculations and macros that are heavily used and easily read by the Microsoft software. As mentioned in the video, I did encounter an issue with fonts and the size of slides when converting and saving something into PowerPoint. Looking forward to a follow-up.
0: Very cool. Now, Becca actually had that issue because one of her school presentations was a PowerPoint presentation. She says to me, can I do this? Mm -hmm. Because she uses LibreOffice, and so I imported it, and sure enough, we had that issue, fonts, Mm -hmm. because I didn't have Times New Roman on my Linux machine, Mm -hmm. and... um, The slides were a little bit jumbled. Some of the text was overlapping and some of the pictures were in the wrong spot. So a couple of things that we noticed. One thing is that her computer is 4 over 3. It's a laptop that's 4 over 3 dimensions. Okay. The display here is uh, is 1920 by 1080, so 16 over Mm -hmm. 9, widescreen. So so the slides are getting either stretched or having black bars on the side, so we had to convert it to 16 over 9, very easy to do. And um, we had to get the font that was required in order to get it to work. And we're going to talk about that because I know a lot of folks have
2: I mentioned
0: need... the font.
2: I, yeah. This is an issue. And I need to know the answer to this. So this is exciting. Well, and this,
0: you know, particularly, a lot of these folks are talking from a Linux standpoint. Again, they're looking at it from my perspective of, I'm using Linux, they're using Windows. I need to be able to use files back and forth. right? Mm-hmm. So not necessarily applicable to the environment where you've got all Windows computers and just LibreOffice on a couple of them. Right. So moving on to Blake H X's um, comments because Adam C. Just know that. Blake's and David's comments kind of flow into yours as well, so this kind of all goes together.
2: Right, so Blake HX says, I've only had minor issues with Libre and OpenOffice versus Microsoft Office. Some troubles with fonts and general layout, like mm-hmm. you mentioned. The most trouble has been on the Microsoft side. A couple times I've had to completely remove all formatting from text because lines or pictures kept overlapping and running into margins, etc. I've also also a few problems with custom colors and tables in Microsoft Word. Thankfully, the problems I've encountered haven't been too difficult to fix.
0: Excellent point, and that, hey, it's not that hard to correct these little anomalies. Yeah. Where it can become a problem is if you've got somebody who's really impatient and just wants to, you know, to be able to open it and doesn't want to mess around. Or, mm-hmm. yeah,
2: doesn't know, right? Like, yeah, or doesn't I understand. Like, I don't yeah. understand it. When I open something and the boxes that are usually boxes now have an X in them, I wonder my, to myself, like, that seems simple. Sure. But I need to know how to properly, without yeah. ruining the document, And that's likely it.
0: a missing font. So. So if, I, if, if I'm that person who is impatient and I, and I have trouble and I send a file to Jeff and it's all garbled on his system, which is not garbled, but you know right. text overlapping, text, fonts not working, and everything like that, David Gregory says, um, why not export to a PDF file? Mm-hmm. Because a PDF file, no matter what, if I send it to you, if it's a tagged PDF, It will display correctly. Right. And when I say tagged PDF, when you're in LibreOffice and you go File, Save As, and you select the file format as PDF, one of the options is tagged PDF. Any guesses what that means? No. No. No guesses? Okay. You don't have... So you on the receiving end don't have the fonts that I used on your computer. Okay? Right. Maybe you don't have the images on your computer. So if it was a Word doc, it's going to have problems displaying these things. Right. So... If you tag the PDF file, it will embed the fonts, and it will embed oh, smart. the t- oh. the, um, the layout and the images in the file. Hmm. So when you send that file now, they don't need those fonts installed. Right. So that's a good solution smart. if it's just to print. Right. But if they need to be able to edit it, then it's not a solution at all because PDF right. is... Typically, in a typical scenario, unless you've purchased Acrobat XI or something like that for several hundred dollars a gain, which then why are you using LibreOffice? Because you obviously have disposable income. <laughs> um, it's not a solution for you. So Greg, uh, David Gregory goes on to say... What about installing MS Font Enabler and copy the fonts from Windows 10 and install it into the fonts directory on your Linux machine, or Mac, presumably, slash user, slash share, slash fonts. Now, that is an old-school way to do it, Mm -hmm. and it will work.
2: It would work? Yeah. Would it be complicated for me to do it? It's a little
0: complicated, and it's a Mm. little illegal... Oh, okay. Not ri- like, How is it gonna... illegal? You're taking Microsoft fonts from Windows 10. These are proprietary font files that you have to be licensed to have.
1: I think to... that's crazy. You can find them all over the internet as right, 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 right. font have... files.
0: So when you install Linux, because Linux is a free operating system and they are all about, hey, if you install Linux, you're not breaching any copyrights. Everything right. is free. It's all open source. Right. But by the way, if you know how to do it, you can install some of those non-free things, like MP3 playback, mm. like right. VLC being able to play proprietary formats, or like Microsoft Core TTF fonts. Because Microsoft did, in fact, release web fonts to support like Arial and Time's New Roman yeah. and Comic Sans MS, because we all need that. Um, Right, But on your Linux machine, it's important for you to be able to have those Windows fonts so that when someone, when Jeff sends me a Windows-created doc file and has used Windows fonts, because maybe you use Verdana on your Windows machine. And so it looks good on your Windows machine, but then when you open it on Linux, on LibreOffice, you say, oh, the font has reverted to some default right. font. And so you blame LibreOffice and say it's not displaying correctly. Well, truth be told, it's that your system doesn't have a font installed that matches Verdana. Mm -hmm. So LibreOffice says, let's try to find something that's similar based on the type of font, be it a sans-serif or something like that. But it's really just going to default to whatever you have installed. Correct. I'm going to simply bring up Putty because I want to show you how easy it is on a Linux machine to install these Microsoft fonts, which this way is, it's a non-free fonts file. And when on Linux, it's such a funny thing, right? Because I have to say non-free and I have to do air quotes for those of you who are listening to the podcast. Air quotes. Non-free means it's not open source. It's not free. Free as in you're free to do everything with it and distribute it and sell it. Right. Linux is free in all essences. Um, with Microsoft stuff, it's free as in you can have it. It's yours. You can use it. Yeah. But it's not free as in freedom. Um, but you can, you can install it and you can use it for free without having to pay cash. So two right. different... The English language maybe needs a new word for... Libre. Let's (laughs) let's use that, okay? Right. Uh, For free. There needs to be two words for free. I'm going to jump onto my server here. Hi, chat room. Nice to see you. I'm going to just jump over to my computer here and hop onto my server, which I think is... Let's try five. Wouldn't it help if I knew the IP address of my server? Let's ping it. That would help. I've named my server... You ready for this? Worf. Worf. (laughs) That's awesome. Lieutenant Worf is 10.0.0.10. There we go. Okay, putty. 10.0.0.10. And we'll accept the certificate. Yes. Where's my mouse? Come on. All right. Okay, I'm on Worf. I need to become super user. on Debian. It's su on Linux. It's on uh, on Linux on Ubuntu. It's going to be sudo su su. Okay, so I'm going to go su on Debian, which is what I'm on. Enter my root password. Okay, now apt update. This is going to download all of the current packages from the repositories of Debian. Okay. Same commands on Ubuntu. A little different if you're on like OpenSUSE or uh, Red Hat or CentOS or whatever. But if you're on a Debian derivative, this is how you do it. Uh, So now I'm going to go apt install. Now I say this is how you do it on Debian. You can use any package manager. So it doesn't matter if you're using yum or synaptic or whatever you're using. What is key is knowing the package name. And that package name is pretty easy to remember. It's simply ttf-ms for Microsoft core fonts-installer. And when I hit enter on that, it's going to say, hey, this is going to install this on your computer. It's going to use a meg. Say yes. (laughs) Let's see what happens. So this package, ttf-ms-core-fonts-installer, is giving me actually Let's see my list. Andal Mono, Ariel, Comic Sans MS, Courier New, Georgia, Impact, Times New Roman, Tre- trebuchet? Trebuchet. Trebuchet.
2: Trebuchet. trebuchet,
0: Trebuchet, 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 and what's the last one? No, Over- there's two oh, more. Verdana and Webdings.
2: Webdings. Yeah. That's All important.
0: Right. Whoever uses Webdings? Sasha does. That's what those little boxes are with the Yeah, it turns them.
2: out that I use Webdings. There you go. Yeah.
0: So you need it. But it comes in this package, so it's actually installing all of those fonts that I just mentioned on my Linux machine. See, it's doing Times New Roman. It downloaded an EXE file. That's crazy talk. But that's on Debian, so that's what I'm using. Now, I'm doing it in a terminal. You can do this on a GUI system. And, of course, those fonts don't affect my terminal. They affect my GUI. Right. Mm-hmm.
2: Can you do this for me at work?
0: You don't have Linux at work, Sasha. Oh, I'm what sorry. do I
2: have at work? But
0: you could get fonts. We'll just have to find okay. a different way. Okay. Yeah, it's a little different. You're on clear. Windows 10 at work.
2: Oh, well, yeah, no, I know that. you've got these
0: fonts. I know
2: yeah. I don't. I, I don't have. I have All like. All done. I don't have Microsoft Office.
1: Yeah, but the fonts Libre come Office. in. I have
2: LibreOffice. Yeah, so, but
1: those fonts are still within Windows. So you
0: check in in your control panel. Go to fonts uh-huh. and check for webdings and things like that. Yeah. And oh, okay. if you don't have it, then you can install it. We can talk about that. On Windows, it's a little bit different.
2: It's different? Okay.
0: But you, you could, as Jeff had mentioned, you can readily get these off of the Internet, double-click on it, and click Install, and it okay. will install it for you. But there's probably an alternative as well. Like, if there's a box that has a question mark through it, you can highlight it, find out what font it was, and Google for an alternative. Yep.
2: Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. I always went to... I, when I used to do a lot of graphics work, I would grab a lot of my fonts from... Uh, what was it at the time ten thousand fonts dot com or something oh yes was the website yeah because people would upload their own versions of fonts you get the coolest stuff out there That was great huh so so you know what i really find like? some that are really close now, to it
0: remember if you if you do that you take that approach you find a really cool font you install it on your computer you use it in your document and then you send that document to someone else they, they don't, don't have
1: it. that font <laughs> so take right. it so
0: you're back to the problem right um, but that said, you can print out some pretty stuff. Yeah. I love Google web fonts. I use it for websites, but you'll notice that if you find a font you like, there's also a download link that allows you to download the TTF file. Yes, that's right. Yes. So that's another way to get free fonts. Mm-hmm. Whether you shop on ThinkGeek, GearBest, b and Photo Video, eBay, or Amazon, or even if you want a free trial of Audible, you'll find the best deals and support the shows we produce by simply visiting the shopping sites you already frequent by using the links on our website. Visit category5.tv slash partners for the full and ever-growing list and help us create more free content like this show. Thank you for shopping with our partners, and thank you for watching. All right, do we have any more questions? Uh, yes, that was a
1: joke. <laughs> uh, okay, that was David, very genuine sounding. Hi, David. David, this is the David Gregory from before. So oh, he, yes. he also asked He's got another question. Can All right. Michael micros- we'll allow it? Yeah.
0: Two questions is the limit per show.
1: <laughs> can Microsoft not redesign their Windows OS ten by building it upon free BSD so that it would be like Ghost BSD and have Wine64 included to allow the use of legacy programs, and then you can have a script file like app get update and app get upgrade return.
0: Yeah, let's let's recommend that to them. To them, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> Hey, Windows, go with free stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't
0: Windows do it better and just install Linux? <laughs> that's, the, that's the
1: subtext. Didn't it. we cover that in a news story not long ago? Yes. Yes. What was that for?
2: It was...
1: Windows is using Linux for something. Yeah, they're... Oh... What was that? Because I remember we were freaking out. We're speak like, we you. were like, aha! This is news You're... from like three months ago.
0: Oh wow! Two three months a ago. A lot happens in three months. Uh, yeah. It's a real thing. Remember. Even Microsoft uses Linux, but would they replace their OS? No.
1: With oh, it?
0: no. of course not. But they use the co- they can use because Linux is open source. They can use some of this stuff, like right. just like you can install LibreOffice on
1: Windows. But Lin- Windows, and Linux are both built off the basics of Unix. Windows. And it's its original form? No. Original form? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was based off Unix. No, Does not
0: Windows. PlayStation you can't make Linux? a statement I like that. I feel
1: like PlayStation I'm positive Linux. it was. Doesn't
0: it? Modern day Windows, a.k.a. NT, is based on OS2, which was IBM. Okay. OS2 was intended to be a successor to PC-DOS. So one could, could say Windows like Linux has its roots in a Unix type of o- oh. in a Unix type of OS. Uh, okay. But Windows is not based on Unix just Unix has similar okay, concepts. So OS10, Mac OS and Linux they both stem from that Unix yes. recode BSD Linux OS10 Windows not so much. Yeah. Phew, I'm so glad Wikipedia <laughs> agreed with me. <laughs> All right, anything else?
2: Eric85 asks, Eric. What's a reputable website to download SNES and NES ROMs, etc.? Thanks. Oh, no. So...
0: You're you're going to ask that and make me demonetize this video? As soon as we answer this, Google's a- AI is going to pop on and say...
2: Well, Sorry, I you're not it's like, not spoil- agreeable
0: with some advertisers. It's a
2: spoiler alert, but there is a lot in the news about this too. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so before <laughs> now I would have said Emu Emu Paradise.
2: Mhm.
0: would have been what I would have said.
1: Right. But we won't.
0: But we won't and the reason that we won't isn't because it's not great, but because Nintendo. All right, here here's the problem. Let's back up a little bit. Yes. Retro gaming is twofold. Is it piracy yes. or is it preserving a legacy piece of software that has been abandoned, a.k.a. abandonware, by the original developers? As so,
2: long as nobody's interested in it.
0: It's rhetorical, yes. the question. So this, is my, this was yes. my theory months ago mm-hmm. and now is coming to pass. Yes. Why is Window uh, Windows? Why is Nintendo bringing out SNES Mini? Why is Atari bringing out mm-hmm. the Atari Mini devices? Why is Nintendo now mm-hmm. doing an NES Mini? Why are these devices coming out? Because they are now, as the company who owns the intellectual property for those games, mm-hmm. they are now re-releasing them to establish that they are not abandoned that they are the intellectual property of nintendo or sony or atari Mm -hmm. and this is what is coming to pass and this is what i had prophesied unto you just (laughs) several months ago
2: it was recent and it's happening yes
0: and so emu paradise who was always dedicated for 18 plus years to Making it so that all these old games that we grew up with, then by we, I mean, not necessarily you young chaps that are watching the show, but, you know, me. Generally like 30-ish plus. 30-ish plus as of 2018. So those old games that we used to play as kids, I mean, we hear stories and, and even the developers at... Uh, Emu Paradise have said, like, we have stories of people who have gone to war and watched their friends die and turned to retro gaming as a means of going back to those times 20, 30 years ago when it, they were. S- sitting in the room with those friends yeah. and playing games and ha- and mm-hmm. and all these wonderful stories of camaraderie and the the friendships that were established around Super Mario Bros and you know right. Donkey yeah. Kong and Contra and everything else. So what has happened is Nintendo now with the SNES Mini <laughs> and the NES Mini has stepped up its game and sued Emu Paradise. Which is so wrong. And so Emu Paradise has simply said fine. Throw in the towel. We're just not going to do it. We're just going to close down everything that we've been doing here for 18 plus years because Nintendo is coming at us with all their lawyers, all their everything else. So we're just going to shut it down. So the site is still available. You can still go on to emuparadise.me and see the repository of games that they had. But if you try to download any of them, it will take you to a document that says... Can't have it. Thank you for your years of support. And this is what we set out to do, to bring new life into these old games that nobody sells anymore and so they're just abandoned. And to archive, like think about an archive. Mm -hmm. What's going to happen to these games now if Nintendo folds up or stops selling them and forbids their distribution?
2: As long as there's interest in it. Nintendo will see a dollar sign. Sure, they will. Right? Sure. So Absolutely. But are
0: we going to go out and spend 100? This is a real catch-22. Am I going to spend $150 on an NES Mini, let's just say hypothetical, I don't know what the actual price is, but say 100 bucks or whatever, t- that has 30 games on it, or a RetroPie costs me the same and has 2,000
1: games on it? Mm, right? I, I think... So, first off, there's two thoughts running through my head. Yeah. The first one is um, InternetArchive.org. They have kind it's very of very similar what they're doing with exactly. the internet, but not just um, not just old abandonware games, but like even old websites, old documents, mm-hmm. all the kind of stuff. Like they save it all, so but they're going to have to pull. Y- they will. This so is what's I happening. mean, there might be something you could find there. I don't know, but yeah. I'm, with all of this, I'm thinking you've got things like um, you know your your Google Music, where you can just Pay a subscription, you get access to all this music. When are we going to see a retro gaming subscription? Well, that's
0: coming. Sony's doing it. Nintendo's yeah. doing it. Oh, I didn't it. know that. Yeah, with yeah. the but with just the for switch. their software. But you have to have a switch. switch, and then yeah. you can buy and the. Um, but is switch that online, just Nintendo, Nintendo stuff, online.
1: or is that yeah. everything?
0: Well, I mean, you can get you can get Sonic the Hedgehog on a Nintendo Wii, but yeah. that's to say, okay, so the, the retro gaming ROMs. The download that you can mm-hmm. put on a RetroPie and install. So emu Paradise is now defunct, if yep. you will. And so are there alternatives to it? Are there other places huh. that you can go that you can trust? And uh, a go-to site that we've used in the past is called Alternative2.net. And hmm. when you go to that site, you find alternative applications for commercial applications and things like that. So you can do an alternative to Adobe Photoshop, and you'll see GIMP, right, and, right. among okay. other things. So if we go to that site, slash software, slash dot, uh, just just like that. EMU Paradise. We'll see, okay, EMU Paradise is discontinued. Find alternatives in the links below. So, a caveat here is to say, do this from Linux, if you can. Do this from a heavily virus and malware-protected system <laughs> that has um, web, device, uh, web content filtering, yes. like uh, ESET Internet Security, not an antivirus. Like AVG, forget about it, okay? No get Linux on there, get internet security or something like that that is going to block sites from installing Java backends into your system and things like that. Because the, there is no... Is there a trustworthy way to do this? No. Unfortunately nope. not. But you can see if you go here that there are alternatives. Okay? So you've got like CoolROM and you can scroll down this list and there are other alternatives. And I'm not going to click on any of these because I'm on a Windows 10 system. And I'm not going to trust these on a Windows 10 system. But if you've got Linux, click on some, find your way around, see what Alternative 2 is going to recommend, Mm -hmm. and see how it goes. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Good luck. And it's a gray area. Those of you who are saying, oh, no, but it's illegal. uh, It's kind of like we're not sure yet. Yes. And so I hope we can still.
2: Monetize. But hurry. <laughs> yeah, you got to. <laughs> but hurry. Hurry. We'll be, get your well,
0: illegal downloads today. Because yes. tomorrow they'll actually be illegal. Yeah. Yeah. It's a hard, uh, hard thing for sure.
1: Okay. All right.
0: I wanted to take more questions. I wanted to take another commercial break, and I think we're out of time.
1: I, I was going to say, like, yeah. I'm looking at the clock, and like, you I think we have folks. to start thinking about some news Anybody here. Anybody for more questions next week? Wow.
0: Yeah.
2: I l- right. Yeah, me. Like, we're still I, on man. page
0: one. I know. Like, halfway down page one. Thank you for your questions, folks. Thank you for your comments, and uh, we definitely, uh, we greatly appreciate that. Head on over to our YouTube channel. Hey, give us a thumbs up. Give us a subscribe. Please do. And let us know that you love Category. 5 TV. You ready to head over to... Hold on. Before oh, yeah. you
1: go to the newsroom, sure. I think there's an appropriate one here that we need to read. Okay. So Ross Schneider... Hey, oh, Ross. S- ...watched Sasha's, Sasha's newsroom segment from two weeks oh. back and says, I so appreciate all your hard work. You all deserve ten times the subscribers. Thanks, everyone. Aww.
2: Thanks, Ross.
1: Thanks, Ross. Now we can she go to the newsroom.
2: Now I hope I don't mess up the news. Now we can t- head to the newsroom.
0: <laughs> Now, I'm glad that I mentioned about subscribing on YouTube before Ross's comment, because otherwise that would have seemed planned.
1: Yes, it would have. Yes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Not at all, folks. It's just the magic of television. Sasha. Yes. How are you?
2: I am doing well.
0: Wonderful. You You want me to operate the news for you? Oh,
2: yes. I can't do it myself.
0: Well, I can do it for you.
2: Here are the stories we're covering this week in the Category 5.tv newsroom. In what could be called a major design fail, a proof of concept has shown that a compromised charger could be used to take control of a modern laptop. A software bug at a large U.S. bank has resulted in hundreds of people losing their homes. Nintendo is suing retro game ROM distributors. And Patrick Stewart is returning to Star Trek with a new series focused on the next chapter of Captain Picard's life. These stories are coming right up. Don't go anywhere.
0: Jeff Weston. You're building a brand new beautiful website. What? Aren't you? No. Am I? You're a terrible actor. What? That's where acting comes into play. Oh, I
1: didn't know we were acting. You're supposed to act. Okay,
0: fair enough. All right. well, I'm building a really cool website. Are you building a really cool website? This is the Category 5.TV newsroom, covering the week's top tech stories with a slight Linux bias.
2: I'm Sasha Rickman and here are the top stories we're following this week. A neat feature of many modern laptops is the ability to power them up through the USB port. Unlike the rectangular USB ports of old, the newer type, USB-C, can carry enough power to charge your machine. That's great news. It means you don't have to add a separate port just for charging and when the USB port isn't being used for power, it can be used for something useful like plugging in a hard drive or your phone. But while you and I might look at that as an improvement hackers see it as an opportunity to exploit a new vulnerability one researcher who goes by the name MG has demonstrated how a MacBook charger could be booby trapped modified in a way that it would be possible for a hijack to hijack a user's computer without them having any idea what was happening this is a massive concern since the ubiquitous chargers for MacBooks are seen in offices and coffee shops the world over they're borrowed lost and replaced on a regular basis MG guided the Inside of the charger and filled it with small components that are powered up when the unsuspecting victim connects it to their computer. It's extremely hard to detect, especially since it still charged the laptop as normal. The hijacking device was able to insert a fake login screen into a website. He could use this method to scoop up whatever data the user had entered into the fake site. MG said. In the demo, we're just capturing a username and password, but this could also inject malware, rootkits, and persistent types of infections that could be malicious. While early in the testing phase, he predicts the attack would likely work on any machine that uses USB-C to get its power, saying, in this case, it's an Apple, but it works in HP, Lenovo, and a lot of others.
0: Yikes. Okay. Big Didn't yikes. think of that.
2: Right, so really, like common sense would say, if you know that this is happening, the power is with you now because knowledge is power. You keep your charger with you all the time. You do, you don't use anybody else's, right? You, it just, it has to become a protected piece of equipment for you now.
1: But how many times have you gone into places and seen like charging stations? It's like, hey, charge oh, your everywhere. phone. Kiosks everywhere, yeah. everywhere. I'm so, just- like, how do you know that what you're plugging into is actually legit safe?
2: Right. So, here's the thing. In my mind, it's the spot that plugs into the laptop oh. that's compromised.
1: I know
0: exactly how it happens now. I've just... I had to get on here. Right. I'm on Apple.com.
1: Okay. Well, that's a whole lot of white. USB... <laughs> you can't yeah. really see it. USB-C
0: power adapter. $79. Right. What? Yeah. Yeah. Kiosk in the mall, $15. Yeah. That's
2: how it happens. Exactly.
0: Some obscure Chinese manufacturer on Amazon, $12, free shipping. Yep.
2: And your firstborn child.
0: That's frightening. So we understand how this works. I mean, a USB port is... Multi div- Universal Serial Bus—that's what it stands for. You can plug in a printer, you can plug in a camera, you can plug in your phone, you can plug in your charger, and now charge your MacBook or yeah. presumably a, a desktop or a laptop computer. Yeah. Now install something in there. We've heard about devices that you plug it into a USB port and it will fry the whole computer. Yes. What if they did that?
2: Yeah. So <laughs> you really—you cannot ever at this point. Sorry. Choked
0: on air. I know. It's tragic, man. How can they charge $79 for these darn things?
2: You, you cannot ever buy a cheap charger. That's it. Now, and you have to keep yours on you. You can't use one that somebody just gives you, lends you if it comes, you know. Yeah. At, but my how, qu- how
0: would you know?
2: Uh, my you question, wouldn't. really, no. to they you need testers is can it be on the other side right so this this here plugs in yeah right but the other side you know how they have the ports in like the bus terminals and they have them in can it be on the other side too Mm -hmm. yeah why not yeah so Uh, you have an
0: in-wall outlet that is usb that you can plug your charger into. So
2: everything. It
0: can be malware. Can like this right. is the this is what's happening and this is the fear because these are exploits that are in the wild now. People are saying, do you know, if you see a USB port in a wall at a coffee shop, do not plug into it.
2: So if I used an external battery, like one of those ba- Remember I, I have yes. one of those.
0: like a 10,000 milliamp hour yeah. battery that you charge at home and then take it with you and charge your device.
2: That would be the safest then.
0: yeah but who's got like as long as it's i mean it could be a device
1: that's easter egged as well sure unless you built it yourself yeah like it's it's all because of the usb connection next week we'll be building our own well and that's (laughs) well so that's what i'm wondering is is there a way of somebody creating like a little um dongle for the edge of the connector before you plug it into your device it's like um Something that checks to make sure that no feed gets through.
0: What if we designed and we can do this right now, right here, uh, an adapter cable, three-inch little dongle yeah. that you plug your USB C or maybe you plug it into your charger, and then you plug your USB cable into that, and it only gives you the two outer. Right, and there's no oh. data transmission. There's no data. Something because simple
2: the like two that. Two outer That's smart. terminals
0: on USB is. Power, five five volts power.
1: Right. But it would have to be on the end that goes into your device because if you go to like a charger station, you don't necessarily see the end or where you would plug in the USB because some of them have cables built in. So okay. you just stick your device there. Yeah. So I but think it, it could th-
0: be done. We, it could, could, be. we could actually sure. create a device that allows you to know that you're safe. Yeah.
2: Right. Which
0: you know, maybe someone is already doing that, but we need to patent this now. Well, we've oh. already mentioned it. Garby. So Garby fantastic. mentioned
2: it first. What did he say? You can get a USB condom.
0: A it USB condom. So is it sits between your device and
2: whatever you're plugging into. It filters connection to power you know, I only. Came,
0: I came up with the idea. I didn't think to name it a condom. Okay, <laughs> so they have a data protector condom. Huh. Come on now.
1: It's 7 bucks pl- plus shipping.
0: Seven, that's
2: perfect. 7
0: bucks for a data protector condom, which could in itself be an Easter egg. It's on eBay. Oh. So. Hmm. You know, I'm just I'm playing with you at this Don't point. Don't do that. Um, w- when you do a search, you also get Durex, and l-
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so that's interesting. So the, the device actually already exists, and it makes okay. sense we could just pull those inner right. inner ports. But uh, the fact
1: uh, the fact is though, when you look at that device, it's still USB, so it that is it, well that's it could USB, still very yeah. much transmit data.
0: You're trusting the manufacturer, right? If you made it yourself, you know that hey, there's only two contacts. Five Gar- volt positive, five yeah. volt minus. That's Garby true.
2: did link one that he likes. Oh yeah? Well yeah. thanks,
0: Garby. We will uh, we'll take a look.
2: That's something that.
0: like this.
2: This is Charge
0: good. safely. Okay, so they've got them here. So we've got all kinds of neat little nifty things.
1: Oh, Same kind see, of See that's deal. the one I'm talking about right there going into the side of the macro. Jeff is pointing to this little guy over here. Yep, that's the one I was thinking something like that. There you mm-hmm. go.
0: That is obscene. Huh, that's not a condom. That is like, um, uh, like a wall. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's massive, ridiculous. Mm. I'm thinking more like a little.
1: Yeah, little cable. that's what I had pictured. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
2: but still, this would be a great gift for anybody.
0: Sure, it would. Yeah, and that's a prototype. We'll say. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see them get
1: thinner. Have you noticed that we've had a few good ideas on the show that people just happen to get to just before us?
0: Oh, I know. We need to really stop. Talking about things
1: and then time traveling. <laughs> I know. It's true. It's a good idea. I'm still was. convinced that that one hack where everybody had the same password, I'm convinced we figured that one out. All right. That was like two years ago. Do you remember that one?
0: I don't remember anything.
1: Where everybody had the same password, like the number three yeah. password in all the world? Yeah. was like... Oh, yeah. What we can... Oh,
0: right. oh, yes, yes, Yeah, yes. we can put that Watch that back. That was really interesting. I
1: th- I, I still think, yeah.
2: Can yep. I interrupt you for a second for the next news story, perhaps? <laughs>
0: Do you want to actually do the news, Sasha? Maybe a little. Do we need to like stay on track here? <laughs>
2: <laughs> a flaw in a U.S. bank's computer software led to 625 customers not receiving government loan assistance to which they were entitled, and 400 of those lost their homes as a result. The government scheme was designed to help people struggling to pay their mortgages. Wells Fargo, which is the third largest bank in the U.S., said that there was no Clear direct cause and effect relationship between the error and the loss of homes. However, compensation is being offered negating that claim the bank has set aside eight million dollars to compensate those affected by the software error which existed between april 2010 and october 2015 Wells Fargo revealed the information in its latest quarterly financial report and said that there were continuing efforts to identify other customers who might also have been affected in April 2018 it was fined one billion dollars by two US regulators to resolve investigations into car insurance and mortgage lending breaches Okay. That is bad.
0: But is $8 million going to cover it? No, but let me get this straight. Let's just back up just for one second. We didn't do this thing, but here's $8 million to sweep it under the rug, and we're also investigating to see who else is affected.
1: Yep, exactly.
0: But
2: we... It wasn't us. Didn't do it. We're just... It wasn't us. We're
0: just, as a
1: bank, we're just doing charitable efforts to help these.
2: If they apologize, then they're accepting responsibility. If they accept responsibility... Nobody corporately
1: apologizes anymore. They just throw money out there and put a gag clause on
2: it. I don't understand how a bug like this, like how this happened, when people should be like... I am a programmer
0: for a living, and I do not want to be that programmer. Right. (sighs) I have made mistakes that have resulted in, you know, minor issues and maybe a site going down or something that I can fix within a day. And, you know, n- nothing like
2: 400, 400 people, people, people losing
1: their homes. But here's this th- poor guy has turned to the bottle. But 400 people and they're putting up eight million dollars. Yeah, but they don't have
0: any They're just that's charity.
1: 400 people is not going to be able to take that eight million dollars and recover. Right. <laughs> not going to happen. hmm.
2: I just, my heart goes out to the people who lost their homes yep. because of a flaw in programming. Right? right? Like,
0: and you say, you say, well, I don't know how this happened. So thinking about the actual happenstance, yeah. government funding comes in and says, you can buy a home. Mm-hmm. We have the funding for you.
2: Mm-hmm. Here it is. Right.
0: Go put down your deposit. Go buy your home. Yeah. Get yourself moved in and everything. We'll take care of the rest. Then the bank, after you've done all that, just oh, we have no record of that.
1: We don't don't know anything about that. Like, uh, I, I will say, though, I'm a little bit shocked that there wasn't some sort of a paper trail.
2: Well,
0: Who knows, Jeff? Everything's digital these days. But it, whether you have... When I go to buy a house, there's tons of paperwork. I know. I know there's something that we don't know here yeah there's a lot that we don't know here but what we do is
2: not responsible (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) and i've had things happen where you know i've i've had like service disconnection for example right for an invoice that i never received right okay which is infuriating and i'll you know okay if you had to just let me know right i'll pay the bill and i'll pay i'll even pay the reconnection fee because i'm i'm just I, i'm not dinking around but make sure i have the bill and don't just cut me off if i you know like That's do your due diligence to oh you didn't hear from me or i didn't pay like i do every single month something obviously is up. Mm -hmm. So look into it. So if these people have now bought a house and they've got their bill and they're defunct on it and they're waiting for the check from the bank or, you know, who knows how it it went down. But if that's the case, um, a a slight example that has, you know, everything's fine, but just an example of how the government and things can screw up. um, Category 5 was audited during our tax season this year.
2: Right. During,
0: During that process... They held, they withheld my personal income tax return. What? Because category five was being audited. Right. So, does that make, so do do you see what I mean? Okay, yeah. So, something that's completely unrelated to my personal life, in that, you know, from a financial standpoint, is now affecting my personal life. Right. Right. And we're waiting on that, and we know that, okay, this is going toward this. But it took four months to get here when it was supposed to take four days. That's the kind of scenario. So, now, good news for those of you who are wondering, oh, why did Category 5 get audited? There was an error with our accountant. They fixed it, and we actually got a return. Awesome. Because the government audited us and saw, oh, we owe you money, which... Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> that's the way to. That's the way to have it. That's right?
2: the way to end the story. Well, that's, I've that's never
1: yet ended. been audited where it hasn't turned out that the government owes me money. That's fantastic. Really? Yeah. Audit me every year, government. Like I've, I've, I'm going to say I've lucked out because I think I've got really good records. <laughs> but yeah, yeah.
0: that's I've, just my my little scenario of how my personal life can be affected by.
2: Right. A, and that's, a government screw-up. Right, and that ended in a positive note, and, but for sure. 400 people, it they lost not. their homes. Yeah.
0: Because I, I wasn't relying on that tax return to pay my bills. Right. I have income yeah. elsewhere. Now, these are low-income housing, right? Yeah. So these right. are people who don't necessarily have a lot of money to... Like, right. they're needing this. this is, I need it's this money just, to pay for this house that I just got. The
2: part that breaks my heart about it is that yeah they're people with stories and now mm-hmm. they're without a home like who knows what situation they're in now mm-hmm. and my mind goes to these crazy places and here's Wells Fargo saying like "Eh, it wasn't us here I have some money yeah. a little bit late because these people are probably mm-hmm. homeless. Mm-hmm. Could be. Ooh. In a lawsuit filed in late July by Nintendo of America against two ROM distributing websites, the company states that the sites are built almost entirely on the brazen and mass-scale infringement of Nintendo's intellectual property rights. Those who run the sites, though, have a different story. By law, Nintendo is well within their rights to defend their property when someone else is distributing it without permission. What the lawsuit doesn't touch on, however, according to those who run the sites, is that the value... that they that they have when it comes to the preservation of older video games a rom is essentially a copy of the video game software that can run on a computer with the help of an emulation program emulators like those provided in RetroPie are legal as long as they don't actually offer the games themselves, just a way to play them. People can also legally dump their games in order to play them on the emulator as long as they own a physical a physical copy. Distributing those dumped ROMs, however, is the illegal part. The lawsuit, which asks for $150,000 for each game the ROM... Each game ROM that was hosted on the site and $2 million for infringing on the trademark has caused other sites to disable access to their ROM library. One such site is Emu Paradise, founded in 2000. The site's goal, according to the founder, has been the preservation of old games to give people the opportunity to enjoy the favourites of their youths. The site's founder, who goes by the username MassJ, says the consequences now far outweigh the benefits when it comes to hosting ROMs. Video game preservation has always been a tough beast. In the early 1980s, there were more video games than people playing them, causing a crash in the market. A large portion of the games released at that time were lost as companies folded and their archives were deleted. Now, when a copy of an old game is found, people upload the game data to sites like Emu Paradise in order to preserve the games on them. Video game companies have begun to copy the Netflix formula for retro game preservation, though it's a slow process. For example, PlayStation has begun to make older games available through their PlayStation Now streaming service, and Nintendo will soon be implementing Nintendo Switch Online, which will open up a library of retro games to stream to the Switch console.
0: It's a sad day.
2: It's a bad, sad moment. So,
0: we... You know, if you watch episode number 569 uh, of Category 5 Technology TV, we talked a little bit about the whole scenario with retro gaming and the problem that this raises. But when you have a preservation that is being attacked by the copyright holders of something that's that old, like right. 30, 30 years and plus.
2: Right. So it's y- like nobody's going to want to play Snooki. do. <laughs>
1: The Pitfall. problem I have with this is it's not the idea that, you know, Nintendo saying, hey, you can't do this. It's the fact that the numbers are so outrageous. The fact that they're saying 150000 per ROM. Like, I'm sorry. There's no way you can say you've lost out on $150,000 in revenue in that one game when you haven't made it in 30 freaking years. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no way they could justify. I mean, I, Greg, I don't get into this realm, but there's no sure. way they could justify loss of revenue. Don't get us wrong;
0: we are all for protecting copyright and yeah. Oh, yeah. intellectual property, and you know I understand that. But these are things that are considered right. by society as abandoned. abandoned. Yeah. yeah, this is. It's like I think about music from hundreds of years ago, and you know, like "Happy Birthday" yeah. was. Um, you know, it's right. It's ridiculous that people were getting sued for singing happy birthday. Like and that's no longer a thing, but doesn't that just make you go crazy?
1: Yes. I I can't help but wonder though if the only reason they've done this is to get the sites the the I'm sites sorry? <laughs> the sites to our UK viewers. <laughs>
0: I am so sorry. I will whip
1: them in the face. <laughs> to get the sites shut down simply because they've released these games on their on their units. If they hadn't have released those units, say like three, four years ago, mm. they didn't care. Sure. Right. They weren't looking at it. This I mean, is
0: why they did it. This is why they brought out Exactly
1: those new yeah. N E S minis. So then what it should be is a cease and desist order, not a lawsuit like uh, this. Yeah. Yeah. Like right. you want to protect your stuff. Fine. Go for it. You're totally entitled okay. to that. But Go about it in a way that doesn't make you look like the big bully on the block. Right. That's my issue. That's it's, my biggest issue with this. It's
2: not like Nintendo is some little floundering company that's just trying to just make its way in the world. You have enough money. Right. Like, you don't need more.
0: You're fine. Yeah, like the You're going to be okay. one selling console.
2: You're going to be okay. I have <sighs> a Switch. I Theory. like it. But I, I also have a Retro Pie, and I love that. Don't take that away from me.
0: Let's I'm, see how like what like, happens to e- Emu Paradise. They shut down. Yep. This site is still up, but you can't download any ROMs. What if Nintendo is taking a, an approach of, let's play the brute force. Come in with ridiculous lawsuits. Right. To Because they know, maybe this is just a theory, but what if they know that Emu Paradise would just stop operations? And then it would trickle down, and other sites would go, oh, no, I don't want this to happen to me. Well, I because then I'm going to get hit with this billion-dollar lawsuit.
1: Case in point, right. Napster. Going the back. Sa- yeah, the same impact happened with Napster. Yeah. Napster got sued by the music industries, and a lot of those sharing sites, boom, gone. Yeah. And then uh. suddenly you've got the rise in, like, Apple Music and all that. Mm-hmm. So, And, and it, from the news story, it appears to be the case. So, Nintendo,
0: if you're watching, I want to see, like the app stores... 99 cent ROMs. Mm-hmm. Sure. I want to see a repository that has thousands of them. Yep. Just yeah. make them available. They're abandonedware. You haven't you don't, you don't care about them. them. Yeah. Come on. Give them out for ridiculously cheap and they will sell. Absolutely. I, I would totally we're, we're buy we're ROMs at 99 cents each. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 yeah,
2: don't be a jerk.
0: Don't be a jerk Nintendo. <laughs> we love you and we want to continue <laughs> loving you.
2: That's right. And please release Dark Souls. Come on on. <laughs>
1: Personal request from Sasha.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Sir Patrick Stewart will reprise his iconic role as Captain Jean-Luc Picard in a new Star, Wars, Star Trek series. <laughs> so,
1: oh, oh, oh! Oh my goodness. <laughs> Sasha. What have you done?
0: Show's over, folks.
1: Just say that Gandalf is coming back to Star Wars. Oh, my goodness, Sasha. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) On behalf of
0: Category 5 TV, I would like to apologize to all viewers everywhere. To Patrick himself. Sir, we apologize.
1: (laughs) There are some no-nos in life, and that is one of them.
2: For the record, I love Star Trek.
1: You don't even know. You just had a Freudian slip of Star Wars.
2: I only saw Star Wars for the you, first time. You last should be year. crying. I only saw it's fresher for me. That was tr- that My was a travesty. Foggy now. Listen, Star Wars is fresher for me because I only just watched it last year. Sorry, right, listen up,
0: kids. I think the point she's trying to make is if you're familiar with Star Wars and you like Star Wars, you will love Star Trek.
2: That's right.
0: Cause it's better. Go ahead. <laughs>
2: Uh, can you rewind a little bit? <laughs> oh, I gotta go back. Okay, I just want to say... Okay. Uh, iconic... You owe the, okay. You owe
0: the viewers an apology, little miss.
2: I am sorry. I am sorry. They're both good, but, but, but Star Trek oh, is better.
1: You don't say I'm sorry, but...
2: I'm sorry, and... Oh.
1: <laughs> I'm a plug in my mic. I'm Don. Okay. Patrick
0: Stewart is well, reprising his role. His role. role oh, his iconic
2: goodness. role as Captain Jean Luc Picard in a new Star Trek series yes! for CBS All Access. Stewart made the announcement at a Star Trek convention in Las Vegas. Stewart noted that when he filmed Star Trek Nemesis in 2002, he felt that his time with Star Trek had run its natural course. In a follow up statement, he said, It is, therefore, an unexpected but delightful surprise to find myself excited and and invigorated to be returning to Jean-Luc Picard and to explore new dimensions within him. Stewart first took on the role of the iconic Star Trek Captain in 1987 and remained on the show over the duration of its seven-year run through 1994 and starred in the four films that followed it, Star Trek Generation, Star Trek First Contact, Star Trek Insurrection and Star Trek Nemesis. Star Trek The Next Generation was the long-awaited follow-up to the original Star Trek series of the 1960s and set in 2364, 99 years after the adventures of Captain James T. Kirk and the crew of the Enterprise. This new show won't be a reboot, but an exploration of the next chapter of Picard's life. At the convention, Stewart indicated that none of the scripts for the show have been written yet and that it will be something very different, but it will come to you with the same passion. Kurtzman will oversee the show and will be assisted by Star Trek Discovery executive producer James Duff, former Discovery executive producer Akiva Goldman, writer Michael Chabon, and Discovery writer Kirsten Bayer. No word yet on when the new series will begin.
1: Make it so, number one. Yes. This
2: Make is unexpected
1: so. and
0: wonderful.
2: And wonderful.
0: And every Trekkie in the world. And maybe it's new to you. You need to learn who this character Jean-Luc Picard is. Oh. Yes. And so the, what has been blowing up on Amazon and Barnes and & Noble and everywhere else, and maybe the timing is wonderful, but they've brought out the autobiography Ooh. of Jean-Luc Picard. Oh,
1: so not cool. a Patrick Stewart.
0: No. No. So this is written first, like a- as an autobiography by the character. Oh.
1: John.
2: That is lovely.
0: So they've, you know, they we're talking 300 pages, nearly 270 some odd pages, in an autobiography format. Uh, you can get it at cat 5tv slash um, I'm just going to start this. It just arrived, and this will get you up to speed on kind of what has been going on for the past 20 years with Picard's life.
1: Okay, so we're having a bit of, like, while you're doing the news, we're having a bit of a debate in the chat room. Yes. What do we think his role is going to be? I'm saying he's going to be an admiral.
0: An admiral?
1: I don't think they're going to make him a captain. I think he's going to be an admiral.
0: An admiral is very much a desk job, though, and so I picture him as more of a, uh, like, he is a first contact kind of guy. He is... Why
1: not a diplomatic admiral? Perhaps. Like on a, shri- on a ship,
0: a diplomat who is yeah, like not a desk diplomat, right. but Somebody who is like yeah, wouldn't it be neat if he was on a ship? I, I would love to I see that. I can't picture him sitting down at Starfleet headquarters,
1: and exactly
0: just being at and, a desk. and having
1: the like that, that internal be really debate between <laughs> he's got to be the admiral, and so it's not his ship, but he wants to call the shots. Mm. Like, what if it's Beverly's ship? Oh yeah, because they got married. Hmm. Oh, ho ho.
2: This is going to be great.
0: Who knows? Theories? Comment below. It's going to be the best Star Trek. It will. That's going to be amazing.
2: Big thanks to Roy W. Nash, Orangeman, and our community of viewers for submitting stories to us this week. Thanks for watching the Category 5.TV newsroom. Don't forget to like and subscribe for all your tech news with a slight Linux bias. And for more free content, be sure to check out our website. From the Category 5.TV newsroom, I'm Sasha Rickman.
0: Thank you, Sasha. I'm Robbie Ferguson.
1: I'm Jeff Weston.
0: It has been a pleasure having you here with us this week. Uh, we're going to brush Sasha up on her Star Trek knowledge. Mm-hmm. And uh, we will again be back next week and looking forward to seeing you here. Take care.
2: Bye.